How many of you have honestly said this? Someone asked you a question, they're like, hey, how are you doing? And you said, busy. Honestly, raise your hand. Come on, put them up. Those of you that are like, kind of like this shy, you're like, great, he's going to set me up for something. I am setting you up. So those of you that raised your hands, haha. No, um, like we, we live in a, in, a, in a culture, in a community, in a life where we, I think, idolize busyness. We, we are, if we don't stay busy, then we're lazy. If we, if, we, um, if we don't have something to do, then we fill it with something else. It's, it, the idea of us not being busy, the idea of us sitting still is, is almost full of anxiety. And so the text we're in today, actually, we're, we're not going to go into it as much. We'll hit more of it next week. But we're in Matthew chapter 12, um, 1 through 21. And, and essentially, Jesus is he's at, he's kind of walking along, and there's this point where he's walking on the Sabbath, and, and him and his disciples eat some, some food on the Sabbath, and then he does some other stuff on the Sabbath. And the Pharisees are, are most likely breaking the Sabbath rules that they're trying to put on on Jesus and his disciples are trying to catch him in doing something wrong. And so what they do is in this section, that I, I think that in this section it has more to do with the Sabbath and, and, or more to do than just the Sabbath. And so what I wanted to do this week, if it's okay with you, which I have the microphone so, and you're here, so apparently it is okay with you. Um, no, I, I wanted to just stop on the Sabbath. Because, see, that's one of those, those terms when you hear about the Sabbath, and you're like, ah, you know, that's that Old Testament Sabbath thing. And there's a lot of like, well, wait, should it be Saturday? Should it be Sunday? And oh, I don't know what's going on. What does the Sabbath really look like? Are we still supposed to, you know, keep it holy and remember it and do it? And, and I, I just want to today, I, instead of going into to where this text was, I wanted to talk about the Sabbath, and mainly because um, every now and then if you've ever... Um, I don't know, the, the joy of teaching, one of the joys of just teaching through the text is sometimes I come across a text and I realize, uh-oh, that wasn't a good one for me to be reading. And it's one of those where I've been extremely convicted by uh, what does it mean to live a life um, of worship in the Sabbath? What does it mean to have rest? And actually um, have been like failing miserably uh, in that as a, as, a, as a husband, as a dad, and in work. And, and my assumption is is that um, just so I feel better about myself if I'm failing, I'm assuming some of you are failing as well. So um, let's talk about the Sabbath, because here's the thing. A lot of times we come to something like a, a ritual or a tradition, and we say, oh, that's an Old Testament law. Does it really, really matter? Does it, how, how does it apply today, and, and what do we do here? And so I just wanted to, to dig in and, and talk about this, because um, my assumption is, is those of you that raise your hands, raise your hands, your busyness isn't necessarily just I'm busy, but it's, it's actually unsustainable. And, and your, your pace of life is exhausting, and it's, it's hollowing you out, and it's, it's causing turmoil in, in, the, uh, in and around the very things that matter most to your family and, and your time with God, and your busyness is, is literally costing um, and exacerbating. It, it's, it's ruining and struggling your relationship with God. And I don't, like, I understand some people are like, whoa, I don't know, I, like, we're going to work hard, we're going to be busy, and, and so what I'm not going to do is, I, I'm not going to today say, you have to take a Sabbath, and this is exactly what it looks like. We see in Romans 14, where Paul talks about, like, some people make one day holy, and some make every day holy, and I, I think there's this, we, we know that from the text last week, that the rest comes for our souls in the relationship with Jesus Christ. And so we, so we, so I'm not going to tell you, you have to take a Sabbath, and this is what it looks like. However, what I am going to talk to you about today is I think that, that because of our lack of Sabbath, because of our lack of rest, I think we are anemic worshipers of God. 
We are, we are running a life that is so not sustainable, and we are, we are living completely anemic to God's word. We're, 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 we're exhausted. And so I wanted to just real quickly talk about the Sabbath. The Sabbath in Jesus' day was a mess. The Sabbath in his day was a mess. There was so much extra rules on top of what we see in Exodus and keep, in Deuteronomy, keeping the Sabbath. So many extra things where, like, they could only walk 3,000 feet and if they, unless they had food at 3,000 feet, so then that could extend the space. It's like you had to have food. But you could only eat so much food. And you can only carry so much weight. And you, you know, people that were seams, seam, uh, sewers or whatever you call those things, they wouldn't even take needles with them out of fear that they'd break the Sabbath and start sewing on the day. And there was this just law upon law upon law upon law on making a day of Sabbath, a day of rest, extremely exhausting. And so what happened is that I think in this text where, we're at, where we'll be at next week is Jesus is, is confronting the law and what it really means as a part of Sabbath. But I wanted to just sit today on rest. I wanted to sit today on that because I feel like we take a text like um, Psalm 46.10 and the way we live our lives, we don't read it like that. We read it, be silly, busy, and hope that he is God. We read it as, be as busy as possible, look really important, and hope that God shows up in the middle of it. And I don't think most of us know what it means to be still, to sit, and to have that confidence of knowing he is God. And I think that God created the Sabbath for that. So if you, if you want to turn with me, I'm not, we're not passing out Bibles. I'm going to be over, all over the scripture. But Exodus 20, I wanted to look at that text real quick. Exodus 20, 8 through 11. We see talk of the Sabbath all over in the text. But I wanted to highlight a few, few verses. Uh, Exodus 20, verses 8 through 11 says, Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, you or your son or your daughter or your male servant or your female servant or your livestock or the sojourner who is living within your gates. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea and all that is in them, and rested on the seventh day. Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. And so we see in Exodus, he tells us to remember it. This idea of like, don't, don't forget amnesia. It's a similar word of what we see in Jesus says, do this in remembrance of me. It's, it's something that's, that's of value to remember. And we see that it's not just remember the Sabbath day, but it's, it's keep it holy. Now this is, I think, where most of us really, really struggle with the Sabbath. We see, we run, and, and me personally, I run so fast. I used to tell my family this up until um, this week while I was studying and was extremely convicted by it, that, I, that I'm okay to run at this ridiculous pace as long as, you know, every six months or so I get a vacation. And, and, my, and Jen, she jokingly calls me the Energizer Bunny because I can just go and go and go. And, and what I realize is that I say I can go and go and go, but I'm really not living a lifestyle of worship in my pace. I'm really going and going and going at the cost of my family and my relationship with God. And my assumption is the same happens to you. He says to keep it holy. And I think the problem is, is that a lot of times we work so hard that when it comes to a day of rest, all we can do is stare at a TV. That doesn't make it holy. Don't get me wrong. I'm going to watch me some football today. Like, that's fun, Okay. But we, but, we, but we push 
and run and go at the space like we are just like, we're so good at what we do and we run and run and run and run that when it comes to rest, we actually aren't resting the way that God calls it because he says to make it holy, to set it apart for him, to spend time with him. That's where be still and know that I'm God comes in. Spend time in the stillness with him. But most of us, we're so exhausted, we're so crazy, we're running so fast that when it comes time to, to take a break, we just sit down and, and veg out because we have nothing left in us to do, to give. I used to say it this way. I, take, I don't take Mondays off because Sundays are fairly exhausting and I, wanna, I wouldn't want to give my family the worst day because I'd be so exhausted. And so then I, I say, well, I'll do Friday, but then I fill up Fridays with a bunch of other stuff. And I get busy, and oh, I got this coming, and well, okay, we're just in a really busy season, and, and Jen and I have refused to call it seasons anymore. We're calling it climate. <laughs> because, because if we say seasons, we expect it to be a different season at some point, and it's just been this sustainable climate. So then if that's the reality of our life, what in us, what in you, needs to, needs to separate out, needs to create space to be still, even if that is the climate. And look, we are in an ever-changing climate. It is going to happen. This is... Like, it, just lift your head up for a second, and things are not going great in this world in general. Life is hard. Kids go through a million different things. It gets, it gets exhausting. It, it's just, no matter what, it's like, okay, if it's not the holidays, well, then it's spring break. If it's not spring break, it's all the barbecues in the summer and vacations. It's just every single time you're busy doing stuff. But I feel like what, what we're missing is that our rest isn't really holy. Our rest is just time to veg out. And our rest is, 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 is time to just take in more of the world. We see in this text in, in Exodus that he says no cheating. I think a lot of us will, like I think I have been cheating um, my, my rest with my family. I'll, I'll, I give this day, I try not to check my email or my phone, and yet I'm always on my phone or I'm checking my email. Or I, I, We're going to just do this, and instead of resting, we, we run a billion and a half errands because there's so many things that have to happen, have to happen. And so I've been cheating. And he's saying, look, you can't, you don't cheat this. He said, look, God, God rested. He, he, he created this, he created something out of nothing. He created time when there was no time. He, he masterfully put this thing together and then decided to rest. My assumption isn't it, that he was tired. I mean, maybe he was, but I bet he could probably do it all over again. But he created a rhythm that I think we are as created in his image to follow, to live and to sustain and move in that. But instead, we'd rather be silly busy. And out of that busyness, we can't even say we know if he's God because we start isolating ourselves and, and, and pulling ourselves away from the relationship with him because we just keep forgetting, forsaking time with God because we're doing good stuff. The church just adds this. Hey, let's add a program for this. And let's add this program. Let's do this. And oh, well, we need more of this. And let's just, and we just want to be so busy. It's like we're so afraid of quiet. We're so afraid of just sitting still because we don't know what we'll see. Actually, I know at least in my own life, it's because I don't trust God. I won't rest because I, I, I lack trust because I think I'm keeping my life spinning. I'm the one that's, that's creating it and making sure it happens. And if I let go, then all the wheels will fall off. If I stop pushing into it and running at an unsustainable pace and forsaking everything else to make things happen, well, then it's just going to fall apart. Well, Jesus had something to say about that. God has something to say about that as well. In Deuteronomy 5, after he had just commanded again, keep the Sabbath holy. 
do it. He's saying, this is a command. This is what you're doing. He goes in in verse 15. He says, you shall remember that you were a slave in the land of Egypt. And the Lord your God brought you out from there with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. Therefore, the Lord your God commanded you to keep the Sabbath day. Essentially, he's saying, look, you did nothing to free yourself from Egypt. In fact, you barely were able to walk out when I parted the sea for you. Like you, had, you had no say in that. You, I freed you. I did this. It wasn't like you had finally reached the spot of making things happen. I did it. I did all the work. And when it comes to us today, he's the one that did all the work in your salvation. He's the one that did all the work for your grace. He did everything. You didn't do any of it. So how arrogant of us to think that if we don't do something, it's going to fall apart as if he's not in control. We don't rest because we don't trust God. We don't rest because we don't trust that he will provide. We don't rest because we don't trust that he values time with us. Look, this is the pendulum, and I understand some people are like, well, I have to work hard. And I, you know, that's what we're supposed to do. I, I think we're called to work hard. Colossians 3, 23, just after Paul is talking about wives and the relationship and, and slaves and servants and all those different things, he's saying, look, look, doesn't matter how harsh or what they're doing. He goes in and says, look, whatever you do, work heartily. Work hard as for the Lord and not for men, knowing that you, that from the Lord you will receive the inheritance as your reward. You are serving the Lord Christ. I think we are called to work hard. This is an excuse to be lazy. But I think we don't value the relationship with our Father at times because of our unwillingness to rest because of the next good thing that has to happen. The problem is, is we don't know what to say no to, and by doing that, we don't say yes to the thing that matters most. I play a lot of different games with my kids, and maybe because I only have daughters, I wrestle with them more than I should just because you feel like I have a son. Um, <clears throat> But I was wrestling with Ava, my oldest, and we played this game or just whatever. She, we were tickling, and I had this game where I was tickling her, and I told her, I will stop tickling you when you stop say, making any noise or stop moving. Borderline torture, I get that, but she likes being tickled, okay? So it's okay. And so I would tickle her, and she would like sit there, and she would try and just, and then so I'd start tickling her again, and, and it was this process over and over again. And, and Ava has an immense amount of toys and stuff. We have way too much junk in our house, and there's so many things for her to do. But then later that day, she's like, can we do that, that like sit still tickle game again? And my heart broke because it brought so much joy to me as her father. And then I thought, not in a shameful way, but I don't want that time from God. I want his stuff. I don't want to just sit and play or be still with God. I want him to answer this prayer request, heal this thing, do these, all good things. But my desire is not him. It's what he provides. And it hit me. I think we've done a disservice to the Sabbath in our life because what the Sabbath does is it creates a rhythm of worship, a rhythm of stillness with our creator, a rhythm of of relationship where we don't have to hope that God is present, where we don't have to hope he'll come through, where we know he is God and he is in control. And we want more of that. And we realize the stuff he gives us, the stuff he gives, like he has entrusted me to three beautiful little girls. 
I understand the headache that's going to come from that, right? But they're amazing. But even more than that, he has broken into my broken, nasty self and redeemed me because of the work of Christ. I should want that more than my girls. I'm not saying my girls aren't important and they're valuable, but I think if we don't have a lifestyle of worship or rhythm where we're willing to just be still and not just be still and lazy, but be still and set apart for holiness, I'm going to spend this time with God. And whether that rhythm is a day or it's, it's an hour a day or it's a quiet moment, look, I won't even ask you to raise your hand, but when was the last time you sat quietly with God? I mean, really just, God, I need you to speak to me. See, what happens is we can't do that when life is easy. We're going to fail at doing it when it gets really hard. I mean, if I don't create a lifestyle, a rhythm of worship, a rhythm of time with my Father where I'm going to spend and be still and know He's God, I'm going I'm I'm to work myself into that. Not over hard, not like I'm going to force and put these stringent laws and, and at the cost of everyone around me and, and wail it. No, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to find rest in that. In fact, we, we rest for our souls. It's in Christ. My assumption is most of us are like, but I'm so busy. I got school and I got kids and I got work and I got all the extra stuff that comes with kids and I got, you know, family in town, which is fun sometimes. And I got, you know, I got all these, and we just keep going and all these lists. Well, I travel for work, I have this, and we have all these things. But now here, here's what I know. In the chaos of life, if tragedy set in, we drop everything. If tragedy set in and one of my daughters would be like, that's it, done, sorry, I'm in. I am looking here. It doesn't matter what falls. I'm in this spot. So if we can do it within tragedy, why don't we create a space of doing it within rhythm in our life? Because you you, when, when push comes to shove, you make choices every single day on what is or isn't important. And a lot of the decisions we're making are for man, for money, for status, all the while forsaking our relationship with God. See, I think Sabbath is actually a lifestyle, not just a day. There's, there's, there's so many ways at which you could do it, and I'd love to sit down and say, hey, this is, this, is what, this is what it's supposed to look like, and this is how it is. And I, I feel like the instant we start putting this expectation of exactly how it is, the Sabbath becomes the very thing it was to the people in Jesus' day, incredibly burdensome. And it's not meant to be a burden. It's a refresher. It's a charge. If you're running so fast that when it comes to rest, all you can do is sleep, don't get me wrong, I like my sleep. But we're, we're supposed to be running this race with endurance. It's a, it's a long race. It's, a, it's not a sprint, 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 kill yourself, kill yourself, kill yourself. Sabbath as a way of life creates space for a regular rhythm of rest. See, I think Sabbath is actually, it's, it's a remember, it stresses the truth that we are utterly dependent on God. See, when I'm utterly dependent on God, then I understand that I can take my hands off of my email for a day and the world will still go on. When I'm utterly dependent on God, I understand that not only do I want 
to pray to him and talk to him, but I don't want just stuff from him. I want him. When I realize that the only reason why I have him is because of what he's done for me through Christ, and I actually spend time to just sit in that, I want more of him. And you see, here's the problem, is we're so unaccustomed to stillness and sitting that when we sit, we get anxious. I need to do something. We want to fill it with something good at the cost of the greatest thing we could have, which is time with our Lord. So maybe it is for you, it's getting up earlier. Maybe it is a whole day where you turn off your phone. You don't even have to tell Facebook you're turning off your phone. You can just do it, guys. It's okay. Or you, un- you unwind. Not even saying that it can't be done with other people. But there's an there's a, there's a aspect that I think that, that God calls to. Isn't, it isn't just rest, although they toiled hard. Our work weeks are usually five days. They went six days hard, and, and look, they weren't, it wasn't like grocery shopping for them. They were grocery shopping every day. Like it was, this, it was this busy, hard work, but then they made that one day as a day of rest. You know, some people say, well, maybe it's a Sunday or a Saturday. It, maybe it is. I, I laugh because I'm thinking about Sabbath as I'm here at 745, schlepping all these comfy chairs in here, and we're working all this stuff. I'm like, this doesn't feel very restful. But then I realized that I can sustain and do those things if I have intentional time connected to my Father. Like I, I value doing church together. I value setting up things. I value those things, but, but those can never become the thing. What Sabbath does for us, what this day of being still and resting with God, whether it's a day or an hour or it's with your family or it's both, you do some with your family, some individual, that time creates a rhythm of worship and what ends up happening then is our life is worship. See, some of us treat, create, or treat trust the same way we treat Bible study. Oh, the guy talked about it for about 20 to, depending upon the person speaking, 45 minutes on a Sunday, I'm good to go for the week. And that's not the point of Sabbath. Sabbath isn't just to, just to be in place so you can have that one day of rest. He's saying it's, it's, we are set apart for God every day, but then we need, we need to take intentional time. We need to make intentional energy, effort, and time into relationship with him. And, and it's not even, your soul craves it. You, you crave this time with the Lord. If you have the Holy Spirit inside you, he is, he is pulling you to be with God. You crave this. And instead of, instead of doing it because it's like, oh, I'm tired or whatever else, we, we give way to lesser things. And we think the rest will. And then, look, you've done this. I've done this every single day. You're like, oh, man, I should have gone to bed earlier last night. That was a waste of time. I've done that way too many times. Oh, I should have I because then I could have gotten up earlier. But we make choice after choice after choice every single day that choose to not be still. So I'm willing to bet, like, right now, if any one of us sat down in a room and we said, okay, let's lay up this big whole whiteboard over here and let's, let's lay up our schedules and what we're doing and let's, let's fill out our calendars, I bet our calendars would be exhausting to every other person in the room. Oh, man, oh. What, how do you, oh. But then, what you'd notice is there'd be some people in there, not me right now, but hopefully someday, there'd be some people in there where their calendar would look every bit as busy as mine or anyone else's, but they would have this peace 
and rest about them. Because what they didn't put on the calendar is, oh, you don't realize that every single day I've, I've gotten up at this time and I've been still with God. Oh, man, I went and did this time and I've, I've actually had a moment where I really, really just sought God for wisdom. And you would see this rhythm of worship in their life and you go, that, that maybe makes more sense than the way I'm doing it. As, as Christians, we're the only people on the planet who as we, we walk into frenzied situations can look peaceful, can live peaceful. We can have an aroma about us of steadfastness. And that's only because of the work of Jesus Christ in us. My assumption is your life isn't going to get less busy. So college students, if you're like, ah, oh, when I get done with college, then I will. <laughs> eh, not going to happen. Moms, oh, when these kids get a little bit older, eh. When I get married, everything we do is just an addition to our time. But if we keep Sabbath, if we keep rest in this rhythm of life, then we may actually be a more peaceful people that then draw others to Christ. Because here's the thing. I don't know if you noticed this world is kind of messed up. I mean, there's no take, taking pain. Like there's, there's, a, there's a thing, like there's a simple budgeting analogy. You budget a certain amount of money that is less than you, where you spend less each month than what you make. Like that's hopefully simple math for most of you. Right? I, don't, I, don't make, I only make uh, 100 bucks a month. I'm not going to spend 200 bucks a month. I'm going to spend 80 bucks a month. Right? We, we budget. Make sense? Not if it makes sense. Some of your math is too early. Like, I don't, wait, 80 to carry the 120? It made sense, I promise. Okay. <clears throat> the point is then we should be budgeting our time. We should be more intentional with our schedule, with our time. Here's, here's what's going to happen. If you schedule yourself back to back to back every single day, guess what's going to happen? Life. And something's going to come in that's, that you didn't expect. I can't tell you how many times I told Jen, well, it wouldn't have been as busy today if. And it's like, that's, that's my excuse every single time. Well, we would have, but. Well, it just, eh, and I didn't create any space. And what's worse is that we do that with our Father. God, I'll give you this time some, some day when ultimately he's saying, look, I don't know what this looks like, but he's saying, I will bless your rest. I, I'm going to bring blessing to a day of rest. I'm going to make it a blessing and I'm going to make it holy. And I can't help but think that the more I press into God, the more, the more I press into him, not that he's going to bring all sorts of wealth and all these understandings, I'm going to realize that time with him is way more important than the stuff he has or gives. I'm going to realize that all I want to do is sit down and play that silly tickle game, metaphorically. <laughs> because I realize that I just want to be with him. But if we don't intentionally create space for that, well, that's what you'll forsake. And then you'll idolize. You'll, you'll compensate when someone says, how are you doing? Really busy, but you know, it's been good. We're doing this, 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 this. Guys, we're terrible at that. It's like we find our worth in what we do when our worth is in who we are in Christ. We are utterly 100% dependent on God. And I hope that the scripture isn't 
be silly busy and, and hope that he's God, but be still and know that he's God. Band's going to come up, and we're going to worship some more through singing. We pray. God, thank you for your word. Lord, in, in, a, in a message like this, it would be so easy to go, well, here are the six or seven steps on how to apply a Sabbath back in place. Um, I just pray for, for each individual in here. What does it mean for us to be still with you? God, you have, you have created the desire inside of us. You have, you have created a space for us to do this. God, would you move in, in a mighty way into bringing that to us, Lord? Lord, for the, the, for the moms in here that keep murdering themselves to try and keep up with another mom, feeling like they're not doing enough, God, would you just bring peace to their hearts? Recognize that each of us are uniquely built and designed by you. And for the guys that keep finding their worth and being busy, would you remind us that we have um, a relationship with you not to forsake and a relationship with our families not to forsake? And Father, may we be a people that truly, truly desire to be with you. And forgive us for wanting your stuff, but not you. Forgive us for not being a people of rest. We have for the people right now that are sitting in the room and they're going, man, I just, I can't, I can't even think about how to move what in my schedule. I've got too many things in the place. I've got one too many things. Would you just show up in still quiet places today, tomorrow, every day? Would you, would you remind them that your voice is present, but sometimes the world is just too loud around it? Father, may we be a people that truly know you and to know you, we need to be still with you. And so, Lord, I pray that you would just create space for stillness. God, I pray that we'd be intentional with the time and that the world would not dictate who we are, but you would. The world will not dictate our schedules, that we would start saying no to good things so that we could say yes to you. Father, I mean, we have a group of people, I'm assuming there's a number of us that are struggling with this. Would you remind us that together we're stronger? I love that you have people in Jen and I's lives that continually remind us of what we need to say no to. A little embarrassed that they have to continually remind us and we keep forgetting. But God, would you help us to remember? Would you help each of us to remember to rest? Would you help each of us to remember to set apart, to make it holy? To not be content with just knowing a version of you that we met a long time ago, but wanting to know more of you every single day, every single hour, and every single aspect of our life. How would you break us down of our arrogance and our pride, assuming that we hold this world together when you are in control? We love you, God. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.